Hello and welcome to Have Tap Shoes Will Travel. Alright, we made it to March. We're here. We did this. I know it's been a while since I've had an episode, but we made it knee-deep into March and here I am. I'm back. This is episode number 50. Five, zero. We're, we're still doing it. Still hitting it. And I've got much more hitting to do, too. It's, it's going to happen, so don't worry. It's not going to go as long in between this one and the next one, I promise. Well, I, I guess I can't promise that. Who knows? Like, I'm going to wear a helmet, though, when I'm on bikes from now on. Let's, let's just say that much. And I've been doing a lot of healing in the body and in my brain and just across the board, healing and learning this whole time. And let's see, last time I spoke... And last time I did an episode would have been number 49 that happened back in November. So it's been a little while. How are you doing out there? How are you feeling today? Just checking in. Your feet feeling good? Your head feeling good? Did you get outside? I've, I've found something that's really been helping me a lot. And this is nothing new. I'll, I'll go ahead and just preface it with that. This is nothing new. I didn't invent something. But going outside has really been helping me a lot. And that every day I have to get outside for a little bit, at least, you know, just go around the block if you have to. If that's if or even I live near a grocery store, I'll, I'll make myself walk over there just to just to go do something. If I sit in the house for too long, I start spinning in circles a little bit. Uh, it's been getting warmer, though, as you know, that I'm, I'm up here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it gets cold. It was, what was it like in the, in the below zeros for a while, we had a, we had a good cold front or whatever we want to call it. It it hit, it hit for a while, but you know, like the last two weeks it's been getting warmer and that's really helped a lot. It allows me to get outside and not feel like I'm freezing to death right off the bat. That's always a good feeling. And sometimes though, like I'll, I'll be in, in my apartment for, you know, the guy had a couple times where it was just like two days straight. And it's like the second day I decided to bring the garbage out and the recycling out to the, to the containers in the back of the apartment. And that felt like an event. I got all dressed up. I put on my boots. I had my jacket. I put on my hat. I got a carnage, the executioner hat. He's been on the podcast multiple times. Shout out to Terrell Woods. And he sent me some awesome carnage swag in the mail and I've got a great shirt and this hat and I it's it's great because I've been out at a few different places around Minneapolis and there there was one time I was at the Whole Foods in uptown Minneapolis and the guy was like hey is that a carnage the executioner hat and I'm like yeah he's like oh man that guy's awesome and I was like yeah he is and every single time we've been able to hang out and talk and stuff like he's out, he's always great to hang out with. And, um, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from him. So shout out to carnage. I know he's been down in Mexico doing beatbox sets with the bands down there. And it makes me happy to see he and Jody just rocking it out down there. We interrupt this podcast to bring you a special news bulletin friends and family. Okay. So I, I finished recording this episode and I was in the middle of editing it, but then I realized it was the one and only Diane Walker, Lady Die, Auntie Die. It is her birthday, and I had to acknowledge this. It was it's on Monday. It is March eighth. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm recording this and I'm getting this 
into the podcast as well. And it's going to come out a little bit later than originally anticipated, but I had to give a special shout out to the one and only Auntie Di, Lady Di, Diane Walker. We all love you. And um, I'm so thankful you're, you've, you're here and you're sharing what you're, what you know, all of your wonderful wisdom with all of us. And it is her birthday on March 8th. So I'm, I'm just giving a, a shout out and wanted to say happy birthday and send some love from Minneapolis all the way to Boston. That's Boston's very own Diane Walker dancing for you. If you haven't seen the movie Tap, she's 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 up in there. So, you know, check it out. If, if, if for no other reason, go pop that movie in. You don't need a good reason to go watch the movie Tap as it is, right? All right, go go get to it. All right, now back to the back to the podcast. Okay, so let's see what what are what are the updates for today? Let's see. Oh, so right off the bat, I I, I couldn't help but jot this note down. There was a there was a person who was saying that um, something was to die for. Like, can we just retire that saying? Like, really, nothing's to die for. It was the thought that I can't help but have. Like that saying is the stupid, is like such a stupid saying to say. Like anytime someone says that out loud around me, I just like roll my eyes <laughs> at their hyperbolic statements. Not that I don't like a little hyperbole, you know, you know how I like to get, I like to get a little hyperbole once in a while, but I don't know. There was something that just rubbed me the wrong way when I read this thing and they were like, oh, this is to die for. And I'm like, it's food. That's not... There's no food ever. I don't care what kind of food you're going to make. I don't care if it was from your grandmother who made the best version of whatever kind of food it was. It's still not worth dying for. Sorry, it's just not. And I'm just going to go ahead and make that call across the board. I would say retire that one. If 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 you're on the fence about it, I'd say go ahead and retire it, you know? I'm not going to tell you how to speak. You got to you're going to say what you got to say and I'll be there to hear it, but when, when you say things like to die for, it makes me roll my eyes and I'm just going to like start tuning you out though pretty soon after that. Because I figure you start saying things that doesn't make any sense. What else, what else are you going to say? Are you going to say a bunch of other things that don't make any sense too? I don't know. Maybe I got to learn how to stop and just listen for a while and not feel like I need to like be so judgmental. Wow. One of the things about getting a traumatic brain injury I'm realizing is that at first it's hard to know how it is affecting one's body, my own body for that matter. At first, our bodies go into this mode of like, you know, staying alive, <laughs> BG style. First, we go into BG mode and we stay alive. And then after that, then our physical body starts to heal. Like the muscles start coming. What was that weird sound? Muscles start coming back together. You know, your bones start to come back together and they heal. And all of that stuff has been happening. Awesome. I've had wonderful care, you know, through Hennepin County Medical and like it's it's been I've been very well taken care of and I'm very thankful for that. And so all of these things have been going well. It's just like I start to find these moments, though, where sometimes. And OK, so here's what I realized. I, I read this. They, they put me on this medication that is also a medication that people who have epilepsy will sometimes be prescribed. I, I don't have epilepsy and I've never had a seizure before until I fell off a bike and whacked my head on the concrete and broke my skull. So then that triggered it. That's how you do it. Okay. So as I've been taking this, this medicine that they gave me, 
I read the, <laughs> I recently read this thing and I'm realizing like some of these things are starting to hit. So like, um, thoughts of anxiety or being restless or, um, trouble sleeping or new or worse irritability, acting aggressive, being angry. <laughs> wow. I get a kick out of that. Wow. That's, that one even got a laugh. Okay. Um, an extreme increase in activity and talking. And then in parentheses, they say mania and then unusual changes in behavior or mood. The thing is like, I mean, like most of the things that they're saying that could be symptoms are things that I'm definitely have it hit me at times. And so that's, that's been fun. And as I've realized this, like, you know, I've got, I've got a, an appointment coming up on next Friday. So like, I'm, I'm addressing these things at the same time. It's just like, you don't see these things kicking in right away. Right. At least I didn't. Um, I, I, I was in the hospital. I recovered my, my head felt whatever I, I whacked it. And so after that, like I'm, I'm more, I was more concentrated on healing my bones and doing physical therapy and all that kind of stuff. But the mental stuff is real y'all. And as if there weren't plenty of other things going on in the world to already be worked up about, including elections and like racial injustices and you can name it. I'm sure you can list out multiple things that I'm, I'm not listing out yet, but you know, like even one of those things is a lot to be figuring it out and navigating your way through and, man. So, so this on top of it all. And so sometimes I just feel like I start going off, but then the interesting thing is though, like something like an extreme increase in activity and talking to some of these things end up working out in my favor if I can harness it. And that's what I'm realizing. I'm like, well, you're talking a lot and you keep, you know, I, I mean, they have coherent thoughts. So it's not like I'm all over the place and my memory's still intact, but you know, sometimes I start going all over the place, whatever. <laughs> That's what I do. I guess I do do that a little bit. Sometimes I go from one thing to the next. And as a podcaster, I'm realizing maybe that's actually kind of helpful to have that in place. So, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways. I'm just going to, I'm just going to run with that one. If, if I'm going to keep talking then I'm just going to keep flowing on something. But then the thing is, I find that I do it online too. And maybe some of you have experienced this as you've seen posts that I make. Sometimes it's like, I, it's like I've gotten to this place where, mm, well, in addition to going through this accident, being told by people is like, you just got to be honest and like, say the things that you need to say and don't bury it. So I feel like there's this floodgate that is opening and sometimes I get triggered by things that I see online. I'll see someone post a thing about something having to do with tap dancing. And then I just start going off. And the thing is, though, like, I'll write. And I'll, I'll end up with, like, pages worth of material. So I've been just copying those into my notes. Who knows? Maybe this all works itself into something. The thing is, sometimes things hit us in our lives. And we were at first, we're thinking that they could be like downfalls or symptoms of something that's problematic. But also at the same time, I think some of these things can be beneficial if we can learn how to harness it. And it's not that I'm trying to capitalize off of having been injured to then make a profit or something like that. But it's like, it's helpful to see like, some of these things could actually be helpful. Like if I can, instead of thinking all these thoughts and just sitting there in my apartment by myself, just thinking them, maybe it's better that I just say them out loud and record them. And who knows, maybe y'all will, 
hear something that I say and it'll resonate with you. And I, I hope, I hope if it does, like you hit me up and like, let me know that you, you felt that or, you know, or you disagree. That's fine too. Or you, maybe you have some insight into it. Maybe you, maybe you have some things that you could tell me about that. I, that I didn't see before. Cause there is a lot of that that happens. Wow. As much as we've experienced in our lives, sometimes it's, it's good to have other people's input and feedback. Cause then we get to have lessons too. Still. That's, that's great. Okay. Here's another thing that's been, that I've been flowing on recently. One of my favorite tap clips that's ever been made was the stormy weather Nicholas brothers tap clip. I mean, if you haven't seen that one yet, look it up. Nicholas brothers, stormy weather. It'll, it'll pop up. That's, that's the one to check out. That's like, it's a popular one that's going around and someone like wrote some article about it. And the big headline is, Stormy weather was unrehearsed and shot in one take. And like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, really? I can't believe that someone puts it in text and they keep perpetuating this myth that this was unrehearsed. Okay. Like this is ridiculous. And it, it, it just pisses me off every time I see it. It's like, how are you going to go in? For me, I feel like you're discrediting the amount of effort it takes to pull off something like this. On one hand, I could see like someone wants to be able to just like, you know, wave their hand in the air and say, oh, this is all just, they just, it's just all done without any rehearsal. That's, that's just how good they are. No, that's not how it works. I'm sorry. This is stupid to say this. And I, I think whoever continues to perpetuate this myth is wrong. <laughs> that's just it. That's they're wrong because you can't do a piece like that and not have rehearsed it. They are both doing choreography. Dr. Harold, Dr. Fayard are both doing intricate choreography that they clearly have rehearsed. Now, here's the other thing. As, as a brother who also has tap danced with his brother for my whole life, I understand that there are definite things that you can call out. Like, we can call things out to each other. We've got shorthand with our, with our choreography and things like that. Like, definitely they, had, they would have had that going on where they could just call out, like, maybe a piece. Like, it has a title to it. And they could just go right into it. Sure, that's a thing. And the, the point about it is, though, if you watch the YouTube clip of Dr. Fayard explaining his experience shooting Stormy Weather, he does say that it was done in one take, but that was, that's in reference to the leapfrog scene at the very end. Spoiler alert. But you know what I'm talking about already. I don't have to go any further. Like, they're jumping in the splits. It's amazing. It's down a staircase. And that part was done in one take because they didn't want to have to shoot it multiple times. they like, let's get this right the first time. And then we don't have to do it multiple times. And I mean, that takes its toll. Every time you drop in, dropped in into the splits like that, that doesn't, it whacks your knee on the ground. You know, like there are parts like you are taking a beating every time. And that came to be very true later on in their lives when they had to have hip replacements and knee surgeries and all these other kinds of things. Like you pay a price for, for that kind of flash movement and for that type of toll that it puts on your body. Amazing as it is crowd pleasing as it is you're still you're still paying something for that it's not like um, a sustainable movement that you can continue doing for too long so yes they nailed that part on the first take but the rest of that are you kidding me to act as though that was unrehearsed is ridiculous and I'm not having that at all because that to me shows me that whoever's writing things like that actually doesn't even know what they're talking about 
which which frustrates me. It's like people try to act like they've got such authority about something that they've never tried to do. They've never they've never done that. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're saying that these two legends never put time into rehearsal. Are you kidding me? Plus, on top of that, the Nicholas brothers, I mean, they were like regulars at the Cotton Club. Like they were they were always working on stuff, too. So it's like they're constantly going through stuff, going over it shooting things like all of that is part of a process it's it's very well polished if if they're doing improvised pieces in there sure some of that could have been you know improvisations don't necessarily need to be rehearsed like you just know you're going to do eight bars of this and then boom like you you can do that that's fine but i don't know this this kind of thing infuriates me when i see that people are trying to speak with such authority like oh I'm a dance writer and like I know what I'm talking about and then they say something like that I'm just like what is this what is this anyway okay so here's another thing that I've realized recently uh sometimes people have been asking about this too but it's like five six seven eight versus one two three four with tap dancing it's it's both possible all right go ahead and like get off your high horse with all of that all right there's there's no reason to be on some high horse about how you count the song in. The thing is, did you get on the one? Did you get did you start on the right count? That's that's really what we're getting at. Now, as a musician and a tap dancer, if you want to be able to communicate with musicians, it's best to translate that into their language, which would be counting something in by saying one, two, three, four. If it's in four four time, you count it in fours. You don't count it in eights. And with dance, for some reason, there is there's an eight count. And perhaps it's because of the way that dance is phrased out sometimes. You might, you might phrase it in longer chunks. And it's in bars of eight instead of in four. Even though the music is in four-four time, it all still mathematically lines up, which is nice. But as musicians, they, they, they would count one, two, three, four to kick it off. Like for instance, the song, I saw her standing there by the Beatles. When they count that song, one, two, three, four. Now they're in, right? That's how it works with musicians. If you want to count the drummer off, if you want to count the bass player in, you got to count in the type of timing that the song is. Like if the song is in sevens, you might not count to four. You might count to seven instead. I mean, you, you would figure this out, how you're going to count them off. Or you might just have the, the conductor count it off, too. But as a, as a dancer, we've learned five, six, seven, eight in classes since we were very young with jazz class, with even ballet class. But like across the board, it seems like most dance classes count things off in five, six, seven, eight. So it's a thing that we just hear over and over and over and over. Just as musicians hear one, two, three, four, over and over and over, and that's ingrained in them. It's not a very hard transition to make. And also, the point to be made here is that at the end of both of these situations, it comes back to one again. And that's what we're really trying to get to, so that we all start on the correct beat together. So if you say five, six, seven, eight, the next number is not going to be nine, it's going to be one. Just as when you say one, two, three, four, it's going to be one again right after that. So basically, we're just all trying to get on the one together. Like James Brown was trying to get everyone to on the one. That was the most important part of the music. One, two, three, four. Like it's, the one is oftentimes 
emphasized in funk music. And there you go. That's, that's letting you know where you are constantly. That's what we're really trying to get at. So depending on how you want to count this up, I think it's important as a tap dancer, though, that you know how to do both. Personally, I would say, like, I've benefited from being able to communicate both. Because on one hand, I might be trying to tell other dancers that I don't normally work with something, and they're used to counting in eights, and I'm like, oh, I can count in eights. But then there's also maybe a live band, too, that we're going to have to count in. So just understand that they're both doing the same thing. They're just using different words to count it in so that you all arrive at one at the same time. Also, dancers should be able to count in with one, two, three, four. It's not, it's not very hard to pick that up either. But sometimes people really get on their high horses about that one. And it's like, what are you fighting about? Like, am I in a situation right now where you're like trying to count me in and I'm not catching it? Like, really? Is that what's going on? I mean, teach your students both is what it comes down to. I think if you want them to have a well-rounded education, they should know how to communicate with musicians and also other dancers. They might be doing a dance where they're tapping in it, but there's other jazz dancers in that dance with them. So so perhaps they're not even tap dancing. So they would be counting in eights. I mean, you just got to be able to do it all. That's That's going to make you the most well-rounded performer and musician. Wow. Okay. So there's, there's that. There you go. <laughs> there's my five, six, seven, eight versus one, two, three, four. What else? Okay. So we had an awesome tap jam. Sarah Reich happened to be in town a couple weeks ago and Kathy wind, man, she has, she has an awesome setup going. She's got a really nice wood floor. Her, her garage was it's her man she's she's got a great setup all right that's what that's what i got to say it's got a real nice tap floor in there and it was a a real beautiful opportunity it was ashley gonzalez's birthday too who was she was previously on the podcast and she was working with the rhythm street movement nowadays also with anna esposito and i saw noah brewington was there nina maxwell there was uh, guitarist david feely was hanging out but sarah reich was in town and i was like all right good and so I, I we found out that there was a we were invited to this jam, and so I called my brother Andy and we we headed over, and it was it felt great. It was the fourth time I'd had my tap shoes on since since being in this accident, so it felt really good to have my shoes back on. And early on, I I gave myself a few tests in my home kitchen. I put my shoes on. And I made sure that I had my pullbacks. And I made sure like I just made sure I had some of those you know milestone steps that you want to make sure that you still have. Like the shuffles, the flaps, all that was still there. I just had to, I had to confirm that I had these other things and they're all still there. And that feels good. Muscle memory is very real and I'm very appreciative for it because man, if, if I didn't have that in place, that would have, it would have set me back a little bit, but I, I'm feeling good. Like my legs are still good. I didn't break my legs or anything like that. So I got very lucky in that way. Kind of whacked my knee, but it was basically bruised up. It's healing. We're getting there. That's, that's how it rolls. And so while I've been home during a lot of this time, you know, been quarantining, I've been taking our, our portable tap floor that we use with buckets and tap shoes. My, my father and my uncle helped us build, um, Andy and I, we built our, our tap floor and it's made out of birch and it's got a nice frame on it. So each, each of the six panels is kind of like its own drum really. But we've also added electronic sensors to each one now. And each one plugs in kind of like you would plug in a guitar. 
Like it, it takes an instrument cable, quarter inch cable, you plug it in and then run that over to the, to the mixer or wherever you're plugging it into. And then that goes to the speakers and it sounds really good. And so I've been very happy with that. And it's, it was quite a project though, to take each of these six panels and attach these sensors and then solder things in place and all it's, it's been quite a process, but it's been uh, a great discovery and I've learned a lot doing it. And I've also been developing new, new techniques for doing this so that it works even better. So if I had to do this on another round, I, I'm, I figured out some cool stuff and it's, it's coming together. So, uh, building, we, I can't wait to put all, all six of these floor panels in a room and plug them all in at once and just get it going. My brother, Andy and I have both been posting some videos though, where he was posting them in his, from his house. And I've, I've been doing some stuff from my apartment where I was tapping on it with some slippers and jamming out to some Zelda music on the Nintendo, but it's, it's, um, the floors are so sensitive because it's picking up the vibration rather than the sound that our, that our taps are making. It's picking up the vibration of the floor as our taps hit it. So you can, even the lightest scrape you hear it with very, uh, defined clarity through the speakers. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun kind of exploring the electronics side of tap dancing. And also Michael Shoehorn Connolly, shout out. He's been posting some great videos too, where he's he's got some great tap floor instruments that he's been building. And he's been at this for a while. So this is for him that's that's um that's been going on for a while. And he takes his tap floor instrument and plugs that into a drum machine, which allows you to then assign whatever sounds you want to the different sections of your floor. Kind of like you would a piano or a, a keyboard or something like that, where you can assign it to be the sound of an organ on one key and then the sound of a cowbell on another key and whatever. Like you can, you can assign any sounds you want. And that's a similar thing that, um, with, with our tap floor, each of the six panels will become, can become, um, like drum pads basically. And each one can be on its own channel with a drum machine. And one of the panels could be a bass drum. One can be a snare drum. One can be a hi-hat. Like it, it can all be on separate channels. So there's that possibility, but really what I'm doing right now is using just the, the, the pure sound of the floor itself, not, not worrying so much about the electronics and the drum brain part of it, but like the, just listening to how great it sounds with the lightest scrape on the floor. Like all of this stuff is really bringing about some new ideas and pushing me in different directions musically, which has been a lot of fun. And once I got all six of those floor panels uh, finished, then I had to put them back in the car and I had to get them out of my apartment. I've got a one bedroom apartment. There's not room for this whole thing in there in here right now. When the floor is fully assembled, it ends up being 12 feet wide by six and a half feet deep. So it's pretty good solid size floor. And each panel was specifically, we, I took the measurement between the wheel wells in the back of my Honda CRV and just measured it to figure out how wide could I do each of these floor panels and still be able to fit it in the car. And then from that, then that's, that's how big they are. That's why it's six and a half feet deep because <laughs> I believe, Oh, it's at three feet and two inches. So it's, it's six foot four deep, but because, um, each panel can be three feet and two inches wide. See, look at this. I'm flowing. 
You know how it goes? Like, this is this is one of the things that they said <laughs> with this with this uh Kepra prescription that I've been taking, is like sometimes you'll just keep talking. Increased activity and talking, and that's that's where I'm at. See, I'm I'm just cashing in on that right now because I'm flowing. That's that. That's the way I like to think of it. They they have the word mania in <laughs> in parentheses, but I see it as more of a flow. I get caught into a flow and I let it go. That's that's how it works. And all right. So what else have I been doing? Once I got that floor out of here, then I started transferring old footage of of my life's work. Basically, like it's been a long time that we've been at this, and. It's, um, it was interesting being in this accident and then realizing like I have all of these tapes that I've been saving for so long as a, you know, in high school, I was a media art student as well. So I went to school for filmmaking and for video and for photography and for animation and shout out to Perpich Center for Arts Education. Wow. So with that background though, I've been preserving footage of past shows that we've done and also I've always made it a priority that we had someone there to shoot stuff so that we had archival if nothing else footage of things that we've done and I've also been keeping a lot of these tapes in a very climate controlled space and making sure that you know that they would be good so someday when I got the opportunity to transfer them it'll be good quality well that time was this past winter that's what I've been doing and until two days ago so like we're already in March and I just finished copying over, it was, it was over a hundred something, it must've been about 150 mini DV tapes. I'll do an official count. I'll, I'll give you an update about that later, but it's a lot of mini DV tapes. And maybe I'll even put that as part of the picture to promote this episode because it was quite an achievement. I mean, we have multi-camera shoots of shows that I've never even watched the footage of until recently as I'm transferring it onto my laptop. And I got some really nice equipment from some filmmaker friends of ours. So I got really good high quality DV transfers and converted stuff to HD. So it's, it's, it's as high quality as I can get it. And some of this stuff is from as far back as like the year 2000 and the year 2001 when we, Wow. I mean, like some of our travels are on there, road trips across the U.S. as we're going to a new venue or like we've got three, three full concerts that we did at the First Avenue main room where Purple Rain was filmed. And us, oh, a tap show. We were <laughs> Buckets and Tap Shoes headlined there three times. And some of them are uh, two of them are multi-camera shoots. So there's like at least two angles and it sounds really good and some really good lineups of people in these too. So as I've been transferring a lot of these tapes over, I've also been building a Patreon page. And my intention is that I want to share this stuff with you and put it out in the world so that people can see it. One of the thoughts that I had when I woke up from being in this accident was that our life's work only happens while we're alive. Like after that, then it's, it's no longer happening. Like it's, it's done at that point. And so right now I found it is important to document my life's work and then also like get it all onto a hard drive so that it can be shown to people and show you all what we've been working on this whole time. Sure. You've heard of us, (laughs) 
But like, and you've heard that we've gone to Russia or you've heard that we've gone to Finland, but you've never seen any of that footage. And I've transferred that footage now from 2008 when we were over in Yaroslavl, Russia. We did three different performances. One was in the theater, one was in a jazz club, and one was in a nightclub where the audience was just raging too. Like we were playing, we had our full band over there and everything. Was, there's some great stuff that I've been seeing on here and, and I'm going to be cutting this stuff together. And so you are the first to know right now. I'm, I'm, this is my first official time really announcing it to anyone except for, you know, people that are kind of in my close circle, like my brother or whatever that I see, like, and I tell them these things in person. Every time someone's been asking me, like, what are you up to lately? I'm like, oh, I'm still transferring those DV tapes. And it's, it was quite a process. And I also, during that process, discovered a, a different pro or like a different app that helped me to better be able to Im import all this stuff. Cause at first I was having some trouble with that process, but then there's this, there's an app that really helped me a lot. I think it's called, it was called light flicks and that helped a lot to be able to import these DV tapes and not have like such a, a glitchy problem. Some of these tapes were very old. As I said, like some of them are from like the year 2000 and some of them, whoever whoever had the camera originally like they they recorded something and then they rewound it to the beginning and then recorded over it again with something new the problem with that is that it kind of degrades the tapes so i had some trouble with some of these tapes getting things to convert properly but i mean we've got some stuff in amsterdam we're all hanging out in the coffee shop and then taking a walk looking at street performers there's some good stuff on there <laughs> I can't wait to share it with y'all. So very soon we're going to be putting out the the Patreon page and it's going to be under the name Tap Travelers because I thought that would be the best way to do it. Andy Andy came up with that name one night and I was like, yeah, that's right. I mean, we're like a lot of the times that's what we're doing. We're like traveling from place to place and then we're like presenting these shows and, and the lineups change a little bit from show to show, but there's... Yeah, I, I can't wait to share some of this stuff with you because I mean we've got like live bands in most of this footage and some great stuff with like Ricky Milan and with Nick Bowman and Kalina Miller and Duke Gad and I mean there's so many so many wonderful people that we've worked with over the years. Shout out to Chris Rutledge. We've, he he performed with us at First Avenue. Like he's been on this podcast a couple times too. So like there's there's some really good stuff that I'm going to be sharing with the world soon, and I I really hope you'll. Um, get on board with that and come check it out because there's there's a lot to share. It's gonna it's gonna take a while. And that was the other title that my brother said w was a good title. It's gonna take a while because <laughs> it's true. There's so many so many hours worth of footage, and not only that, like some of these, like say at first ad when we had the two cameras, now we have to like edit that so that it kind of cuts between the two and you know make all that you get all these things ready for you to be able to watch them and. Some of these things are full concerts, but you know, we don't have to show you all the full concerts right off the bat. Maybe, maybe people want more clips. I don't know. Where are you at with that kind of thing? Would you want to see full shows that are like, say about an hour long, or would you rather see some shorter clips? Let me know. Give me some feedback about this. What do you think about that? I'm trying to make stuff that people would want to check out. And as I've been watching this footage transfer and I've seen the video of it, it doesn't let me hear the sound while I transfer it just because of the way the whole thing's set up. I'm, I've, I've got a camera that puts the, they put the tape in and then it goes firewire to my computer and, 
had to get a firewire converter cable and all these things, but it came through and it looks good. And yeah, I can't wait to share it with you. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with all that. And that's just the DV part too. I've got stuff that's on DVD discs as well. Plus we've got such an archive of VHS tapes too. Some of this stuff dates back even pre 2000. Like some of it goes back to like 1996. I would say it goes at least where we're still dancing at showbiz dance competition and those types of things. Like we've got, we've got some footage to show and I can't wait to share some of this stuff. Have you heard of clubhouse yet? Are you on clubhouse? Get on there. Come check me out. I'm at Rick, the tap dancer on clubhouse or maybe it says Rick Osland. I don't remember which one I did actually at this point, but if you need an invite, hit me up. I've got, they just sent me like, they're like, we're giving you nine more invites. I'm like, I've invited a bunch of people already. What are you, you're just trying to get me to invite more. Okay, fine. Well, let me know if you, if you need a clubhouse invite, I can, I can get you in and you won't have to be on the waiting list. I got your back. So you let me know if you need one. I got you covered. I have to give a shout out to Curio Dance. Dario Mejia gave me a call last week and I was I was really happy to get the call because he was had an adult class going on out in Stillwater, Minnesota, and the teacher that normally teaches it wasn't in town. So I was like, yeah, I'll come teach a, a, an adult class. That sounds fun. And this was the first class that I've taught since since basically June. But the last this is the first class in person that I've taught since Wow. I mean, I, I want to say it would have been March of last year. So it, it had almost been a year since being in a room with people. I mean, the, the accident and all that stuff didn't help. That just kind of made me like chill out even more and not, not be moving around as much. So yes, I've been taking time off partially to heal, but at the same time, it felt really good to be back in a room among people. I feel like one of the things that I've been missing out on over the last year, especially like since since having to quarantine and things, I feel like the release is missing in my life where normally I have either dance classes that I'm teaching or performances where we're on stage or doing rehearsals to get ready for them, all of that kind of stuff. But there's usually like a a physical release that's really um, prevalent in my life that I've, that I haven't had as much of lately. So I think some of these things you know, even though this whole list of medication uh, symptoms is a thing, I think some of this has to also do with not getting the proper releases that I'd normally get. How do you feel about that? Do you, do you feel like some of these things like feeling agitated or restless or trouble sleeping or irritability or acting aggressive or any of these things really the changes in behavior or mood like I don't necessarily think any of that stuff has to be coming from the the Keppra pills that they got me taking I think it can also be because the release is missing and so as I've been feeling better about going outside lately because it's warmer it's I've been getting some more exercise I've been going outside on walks and things more often and it really does help a lot for me and so yeah there's there's kind of there's that other side to it is that as I've, as I've been moving forward, I've been realizing that there was, I've been missing out on some of that release and now I've been putting some of that back into my life and it felt good to be able to be in a, in a room with some people and we were all tapping. We all had our masks on. We were doing it. 
you know, that was part of it. And that's, that was fun. It was, it was fun. I wasn't, I, I, I was kind of, I, I felt it, it was important seeing that, and this might be something that you've already, you know, you, you might've already been doing this for a while, but it, it was my first time back in a class in a while. And so I, at first I wanted to check in with everybody. I was like, are, are people cool with going across the floor? Is that, does everyone feel comfortable with that? And like, everyone's felt comfortable with that. And we, you know, we kept a good distance from people in the room and it was all good. I, I felt really good about it. And I feel like that's kind of part of what I've been missing in my life. And I'm thankful to have this art form and this form of expression. And yeah, it's, it's been, it's been hard, like not having that release as well on top of everything else going on to not have the ability to then vent out the other things that are frustrating you. So I would, I would recommend if, if you haven't been tapping lately, or if you feel like you haven't been exercising, just go for a walk every day. Like try it. And I have to convince myself to do this too. So I know it's not always that easy, but sometimes when I hear other people talk about it, it helps me to go, okay, yeah, here's the thing I keep resisting though. And I know I'm supposed to do it like meditation, I know some of you are like rolling your eyes at me. You're like, yeah, I meditate every day and I'm, I'm really sweet at it. But I, I, I've just like, it's one of those things that I'm like, I should probably be doing this, but it's just like, how do you even get started? I just feel overwhelmed even trying to get started. And it's like something as simple as sitting there doing nothing apparently, right? You're just like sitting there and breathing. <sighs> Actually, that felt pretty good. I have to say, I'm gonna try that again. Okay. I could get into this. Okay. Now I'm starting to see the light a little bit. All right. I'm feeling it. This is good. This is another thing that, so, so between now and next time, (laughs) I'm going to use this podcast to hold myself accountable, but by me saying it out loud to you right now and saying that I'm going to work on some meditation, then by the time you hear me record another one of these, I, I have to figure out a way to get into it. And I know there's all these apps and like all these videos of people telling you how to do it. It's just like, at some point it's like, do I, does it really take all that? I mean, <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's a fat. Okay. How about this? Do any of you know of a good meditation video as an entry level? Here's how you start. That's what I wonder. Let me know. Hit me with an email, rick at have tap shoes, will travel.com. And I would love to see a sort of, here's how you get started meditation video or if you're if you're on facebook or whatever just post it on my page whatever i don't care it'll, it'll be good to to see something like if, if you have one that helped you get into it because i, I want to get into it and i know it's beneficial and i know it'll help in a lot of ways for some reason there's part of me that still like resists it and it's probably um i don't know just it's just because i don't know that's that's really what it ends up being a lot of times so I need to get over that and I'm working on that right now. I'm just letting you all know that that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm working on. <laughs> I've got all the DV tapes transferred. I'm going to work on getting into meditation and then I'm going to get these VHS tapes transferred next while still going out on walks and things too. How's that sound? Oh, another thing that's been helpful, getting sleep. <laughs> now I know some of you like you're very into it. You set an alarm, whatever, like you, you get a good consistent amount of sleep props to you. Cause I think that's awesome. As I've been transferring a lot of these DV tapes, I've also been staying up very late 
And recently I've been getting better about that and it's been very helpful. But sometimes I would just be up until like eight in the morning, like the sun's straight up back up again. And I had been doing it all night, you know, cause one, you have to do all these tapes in real time. It's like, if it's an hour worth of footage, it's going to take you an hour to transfer that tape over. And then maybe a little extra too, even beyond that. And then you have to rewind it and all that. So yeah, it, it probably takes about an hour and 10 or so something like that. And so it's very time consuming as I'm trying to get all these transferred and get this guy, his camera back and all that kind of thing. So I've had a lot of times where I did not sleep in, in a very good way <laughs> recently. And I've realized though, now that I've gotten back onto more of a normalized sleep schedule, that's been helpful. Although it's not completely normal. Like I still go to bed at like 2am, but it's not 8am. It's still dark when I go to bed. Whatever, my brother and I grew up, our dad is a drummer. He was like in a rock band when we were growing up. As kids, when our our parents got divorced when I was in like first grade. So like, I'd go out and see my dad's band on the weekends. That's that's just how we rolled. Like, we didn't always have a babysitter, so we'd go out and see the band. That's that's what he did for a living. And so we, we grew up being up late. And it's always kind of been in my life. Like, I... <laughs> Some people think it's kind of crazy, but you know, like I, I'll go to bed 2 a.m. No big deal. Like it, it's hard for me to go to bed anytime before midnight a lot of times because I'm not really tired and ready to go. Sometimes everyone else will kind of go to bed and then I get a little time to kind of work on things for a little bit and that always feels good. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I do need to get a consistent amount of sleep. That's And I always try to set my alarm for seven to eight hours from when I go to bed. So... If I'm going to bed at eight in the morning, <laughs> I'm still setting my alarm for seven hours after that, which is, which is not great. But you know, like I, I do try to wake up before the sun goes back down again. Like I want to be up for some of the day today felt really good. Today was the earliest I've woken up in a long time. And I set my alarm for 9am. Now, some of you are probably thinking, Oh, that's sleeping in for me. I get it. Totally fine. But for me to wake up at 9am, that felt, it felt like an event today and it felt good. And I went out and got a good walk in, got some coffee. It was nice, sunny, you know, fairly warm day. It's not like sub zero. It's like in the fifties that felt good. And I, I'm going to kind of go along with that trend. In addition to that, I've also been juicing again recently and I've had a nice juicer for a long time, but I, I just went and picked up some like good organic carrots and some celery and some beets apples. I love those pink lady apples. They taste really good. And then some ginger. I think that's all. I think that's all of it. Sometimes some turmeric root if you need, if you want to get funky, but yeah, that apple, beet, carrot, celery, ginger. If you got a little spinach or something, you could throw that in there too, if you're feeling it, but that's been treating me well. It, it feels really good. So as I've been finding things that make me feel good. I've been realizing that that helps. It helps to find the things that make you feel good. So I, I recommend finding the things that make you feel good. Exercise is important though. Exercise, going to bed, getting out for a walk. Don't become too much of a hermit. Sometimes I will tend to like just sit in my house for a long period of time, but I'll make myself at least just go to the grocery store or something just to like Go do something. Go go interact with a person in, in real life. And it feels good. I've also, while I was transferring these tapes, I was also watching 
the series Twin Peaks from the beginning. And Dave Lynch, man, David Lynch, he's got a, whew, he's, his, his shots, his eye, his, his creativity. It's like all over the place, but it's wonderful. And I've, I've really enjoyed watching. It's, it's, it's all like every episode's its own kind of trip. It's like all like some kind of a dream world. It feels like a lot of the time. So I've been doing that too. And I just started watching Shit's Creek again from the beginning. Woo. Second time through. And it's awesome. <laughs> like the thing is a lot of times when people first start watching it, they'll be watching the first season. They heard about how great it was and they hear this big hype and they kind of resist it a little bit and they don't see it. And I feel like the first season doesn't necessarily like show you the scope of what you're really dealing with, of how funny it really will end up being and all the different kind of of a ride that you take. But watching it the second time, I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that. Or, oh, I didn't even see that the first time around. And like, there's, there's a lot of great stuff. So if you've already watched it once through, go, I recommend checking it out. I'm on episode six of the first season right now. And that's been, that's been good. Wow. So this is, um, this is my update for y'all today. This is what I got. That's what I got. I'm feeling good about that. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Wow. And I can't wait to get this Patreon up and launched. I, I'm, I'm hoping to get it done within the next week. I'm just like finalizing all the, the text and all that stuff on there. Love to hear from you though. Like if, if you want to send me a message, you got, you got my email, Rick at have tapshoes will travel.com. And I will have, I've, I've got more to say to y'all. I'm going to be taking notes all this week. And there's, there's plenty more where that came from. And I'm thankful you're here. And I'm thankful that I'm here for that matter. Woo! All right, get your shoes on sometime this week. Make sure you get them on and get shuffling, all right? I don't care if you have like a tap board specially made for you or if you got like a hunk of wood that's just out in the garage. Just throw it down and start throwing down on it. Put your shoes on. Throw down. Feel good telling you it helped me this week and it's it really was good to have that reaffirmed that like yes you still have all the moves and that you can still you know that they still make you feel good all of that all that it's it's real make sure you get your shoes on this week at some point even just to kind of groove on your own throw some music on you like and let it happen all right y'all Thank you so much for being here. I'd like to give a shout out to Kathy Wind and Keen Sense of Rhythm. They've got like a lot of tap classes that they're offering, adult tap classes and things too. So I would highly recommend checking out uh, tapcompany.org if you get the opportunity and want to find out more about what Keen Sense of Rhythm is working on. Ellen and Kathy are doing great things. Also, I want to give a shout out to Matt and Carrie over at the Dancing Fair and the rest of the crew over there too. I always got to give them some love every time. So, so there you go. All right. And I'd also like to thank you for being here. And we will be talking to you soon. I, I will get another one of these up next week. We got we to gotta keep this going every week. So send me, send me things. If you have things that you want me to talk about, if you've got questions, hit me up. All right. Don't, don't be a stranger now. All right. I'm, I'm back. So let's do this. All right. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye-bye. Give me even like I'm never ever known. You're just a part of color.
tap shoes will travel. The podcast hosted by Rick Osland is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.